the gulls know something's up. Do you know something's up? <laughs> You're yeah, gull. I'm up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Brightcast by Ship Bright. Uh, this episode is a very special episode uh, that has to do with Trap Day on Monhegan Island, Maine. Monhegan is 10 miles out to sea. Uh, it is a lobstering community and there is a very special tradition that they've been doing since the early 1900s and we're going to tell you about it. So, Thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Please tell your friends and family if you'd like it. Leave us a review. And by the way, in this episode, you may hear a lot of background noises because we're actually recording down on the wharf uh, of Monhegan Island in anticipation of Trap Day. So uh, any, uh, <laughs> any background music you might hear, well, it's the real deal. All right. Thanks again for being here and welcome aboard. Just a point of clarification, Holly had pointed out that I had referred to... Uh, some places on the coast of Maine by just name without putting it in proper perspective. So during the Monhegan Lobster Wars, I've referred to Friendship. Friendship is a village uh, on the coast of Maine, on the mainland, uh, in Muscungus Bay, Penobscot Bay region. So, hope that helps. I'm standing between towering rows of lobster traps here on the wharf at Monhegan Island, 10 miles out to sea. And in the tradition of the island, starting tomorrow, October 1st, they begin their lobstering season. It's a tradition that started over 100 years ago in 1907 when the Monhegan lobstermen voluntarily set their season. Then it was January 1st to like June 30th. They take their traps out of the water at the end of June to let the lobsters uh, molt, shed their shells, and uh, they would then go back and set their traps in the wintertime, when most other people had taken the traps out, uh, and so the supply was low, the prices were higher. These Monhegan lobstermen fish in the worst time of the year. It is cold, windy, uh, it's dangerous, uh, but they've been doing this for over a century. So, on trap day, uh, they, it is said that they all go or none go. So, if someone is sick or their boat is not working, uh, they will delay it uh, until everyone is ready to go. It is a sense of fair play that imbues the island culture in how they behave, how they act towards others, and how they steward the resources. The Monhegan lobstermen were way ahead of their time. They knew that conservation and sustainability was the key to their long-term financial success long before the term sustainability had any cachet to it. And they're now staging the traps down on the wharf and tomorrow morning, October 1st at six o'clock, there will be the quote shotgun start. Now that shotgun can actually be uh, Sherm Stanley, one of the dean of the lobstermen here 
just say it on the radio, let's go. Or somebody may blow an air horn or somebody may shoot a shotgun. We'll find out because we'll be doing it tomorrow morning again. The history of Monhegan lobstering has not, however, been without its own controversy. In the 1970s, uh, there was an incursion into the lobster conservation zone that is around Monhegan, and it goes from the west to the north to the east, around two miles around the island, and then to the south, three miles out to sea. And within that zone, no one can fish there except the Monhegan lobstermen. And when the lobstering season for Monhegan is closed, no one can be in there either. So this has been a jealously guarded lobster conservation area. And fishermen from inshore, as the technology changes and their uh, engines were better and bigger and more efficient, they could go farther out to lobster, and which has led to conflict. So as technology changes, its effect on society changes. And out here, it is felt deeply and personally. I remember as a young man in the 70s, the first lobster war with the Friendship Lobstermen. They were cutting traps. We had one of the lobstermen's boats, the Sea Hag, was vandalized while it was on its mooring in Port Clyde and halfway sank. Uh, and people were shooting. Now, not directly at people, but firing warning shots at each other. It was bad news. And then the Marine, main Marine Patrol took care of it and they got everything settled down and that went away. And then in the 90s, when I was Deputy Commissioner for the Maine Department of Conservation, I ran the legislative program and I had tacit permission to help the Monhegan lobstermen when yet another lobster war started. And this one, uh, an incursion by the Friendship lobstermen coming around and this one got nasty. And they actually hired a lobbyist in Augusta to change the laws that had been on the books for you know, almost a century and uh, because they wanted to come out here and lobster too. I had tacit approval from the governor's office to help them. Uh, there were other people that uh, appreciated Maine tradition but also loved the island and wanted to help the Monhegan Islanders protect their own uh, way of life and their income. Uh, and we worked the legislature for months and we were successful in getting the lobstering season recodified. There were some, there were some compromises. Uh, the number of traps that people can put in is only like three to 400 per individual. Uh, the lobstering season has now changed from January 1st. Uh, now it goes from October 1st until June 25th when the traps have to be out. So here we are, it is the end of September and we're getting ready to go. The tradition upholds. Standing of the lawn of the Island Inn that sits atop the hill coming up from the wharf on Monhegan Island. I'm looking down across the harbor at the lobster boats that are getting ready for tomorrow's start of the lobstering season. Making up the harbor on the far side is Manana Island, an almost treeless island that uh, used to be the home of the famed hermit of Maine, Ray Phillips, and then on the back side of the island used to be a manned uh, foghorn station by the Coast Guard that's since been abandoned and sold off as excess property. Uh, Danny Bates uh, inherited some of the land from Ray Phillips and has built and has been in the stage of building his house for decades it seems, uh, a little house over there, but he's got his goats and sheep running around that you can see kind of standing prominently on top of the rocks. But here at the 
grass lawn of the Island Inn, we can see the Scursions boats coming in near the end of the season. Uh, the balmy days is coming in from Booth Bay Harbor. The Hardy boat will be coming in from New Harbor and then from Port Clyde, the Elizabeth Ann and the Laura B uh, run. The Laura B has the post office contract, so it runs year round, or at least a couple days a week in the winter. Tough going then. So Monhegan has had uh, a storied past. Uh, uh, Captain John Smith discovered it in the 1600s. Uh, it became a fishing uh, outpost for Europeans, uh, bringing back cod and swordfish back to Europe because it was so plentiful here and they were overfishing it even back then in Europe. So it became a very important fishing station. It was also safe because uh, the Native Americans who were not too pleased about uh, these Europeans coming in posed less of a threat for them to come out uh, and harass the, uh, the European colonists. Monhegan has been a artist colony uh, for all of these years, 100 years or so. Uh, you've had uh, famous artists like Edward Hopper, George Bellows, Rockwell Kent, among others. And in more recent history, Jamie Wyeth, the son of Andrew Wyeth and the grandson of Ann C. Wyeth, uh, have all had places out here uh, and, and done their painting. So they have always attracted artists in the summertime. And you can see everyone setting up their easels all over the, uh, all over the island uh, and, and, then for, and then selling them in their own studios. In addition to the Islanders creating their own lobster conservation zone. In the 50s, uh, Theodore Edison, Thomas Edison's uh, son, uh, got together with some people and they bought up the back two-thirds of the island. So Monhegan's about a mile and a quarter long, three quarters of a mile wide. And the back two-thirds of the island is all wildlands. It's owned by the Monhegan Associates, of which I'm a member. And uh, we have incredible trails out here. Monhegan sports the highest cliffs on the coast of Maine. Uh, so it is inspirational for the artist, aspirational for those that look for models of sustainability. That's Monhegan. Now in my life growing up here, my great-grandmother built our summer cottage in 1928. My sister owns it now. And she fancied herself a bit of an artist. We never saw any of her art until about 10 years ago when our uh, caretaker, who was taking out uh, a propane hot water tank that was in the kitchen, because we never had, growing up, we never had electricity. Uh, it was propane or oil lamps. And of course, you know, when you rent it out now, uh, you, you can't have people trying to do oil lamps because no one really knows how to do that. It's kind of a lost art. So we put electricity in maybe 20 years ago for the first time. So he was taking out the propane hot water tank. Now we have an electric on demand. And uh, way back in the corner of the eaves of one of the attics, he found my grandmother's unfinished artworks. It was pretty fascinating. It was quite the, uh, quite the discovery. One of the paintings, which uh, my sister has them, and I, she said I could take one, and I took one that was really quite odd. And people look at it first and go, gee, what the hell is that? And it's an unfinished piece. Uh, you can see how she's penciled out people in it. Uh, and then about half of it is painted in with uh, watercolors, it appears. Uh, and it's just, it's weird. It, it's people dressed in top hats and mink coats. Uh, but they're being pelted by 
by people throwing lettuce and tomatoes at them. And I said to uh, one of my kids, I said, you know, I, this is a, a morality play. Uh, because, you know, if you were in the 1920s and a dilettante, a wealthy dilettante from Philadelphia, I mean, the, the intellectuals were fascinated by the idea of socialism. Now, this was before socialism had the really bad connotation of Stalinist, you know, uh, oppression and all of the bad things that have uh, flowed from authoritarian governments that don't allow voices to be heard as we do in a democratic society. So I said, no, no, this is some sort of morality play. And uh, they're like, I don't know, Dad. And then we looked down with them and literally had to have a magnifying glass. And there on one of the stockades where some people were, you know, in the stockades, a woman was also being dunked, uh, said warrant for uh, crimes against society. And I'm like, oh my God, my grandmother was a little old pinko. Fascinating stuff, but that's the way it was in the 20s. You have to see things in their historical context. So the historical context brings us back now to today. It is 2021, and the Monhegan lobstermen are continuing their tradition. This year, we think it's seven lobstermen will be fishing, and they'll all go out tomorrow, and we'll be there describing it to you in person. This podcast is made possible by listener support and from sponsors like this one. It's October 1st. It's trap day on Monhegan. It's dark out, but the sky is starting to lighten just a little bit. I've got a waning gibbous moon. You can hear the trucks in the background. And there's our little local rooster letting us know that it's time to get up and start heading down to the wharf. The lights are on in the houses. Everyone's getting ready. It's the day all the Monhegan lobstermen have been looking forward to. Everybody's making their way down to the wharf. People help load the traps later on this morning after they initially take off and set their first round of traps. It's a community-wide event. There are no vehicles on Monhegan except for the trucks that the lobstermen use. They're always in a various states of disrepair <laughs> or repair. Some with mufflers, some without. Some use gators to get down. skiffs and row out to their boats to get ready. Heading out is an old dear friend of mine, Chris Smith, who has been lobstering here. I first met him when we were both teaching at Sugarloaf, teaching skiing. 
Now he's an integral part of the Monhegan community. We're down here on the wharf with about 30 or so locals and well-wishers from inshore. Boats are getting ready. The stern people, the stern men, the stern women, those are the assistants to the lobster men or lobster women, are also on the dock, standing by to jump on a boat and help out. Also, uh, after they set their first round of traps, they'll be coming back and picking up more traps. It's getting close to the time when uh, my buddy Tom here from uh, Rye, New Hampshire is going to pull the signal gun. The lobstermen are getting staged. There are people standing uh, down on Fish Beach and Swim Beach. Uh, the crowd's now swirled to about 50 or so. And uh, people are standing out on some of the decks of the houses to watch this. This tradition since 1907. The boats are starting to stir in the harbor. They're coming off their moorings. They're getting ready to, to go. Kind of figuring out where they're going to head. They're starting to point their way. They'll all stay within inside the bounds of the harbor and will not go until the signal is given. Oh, the radio said to the fishermen, asking if everyone's all set. That's Sherm. And it's trap day. The gulls are taken out. Everyone's yelling. And there they go. Hey, hey. We've got a couple of boats heading south out of the harbor. A couple of boats going north. Buddy Sherm, he's been doing this in his family longer than anybody here on the island. His boat's called the Legacy. His family. His grandfather, Dwight Stanley, my father, used to go fishing with and help Stern. And one of Dwight Stanley's sons, he had two, Shermie and Sherm, excuse me, he had two sons, Sherm and Alfred. Alfred was my father's best friend. And Sherm's son, Shermie, Keeps the legacy going. Since 1907. Over 100 years. Did, did the cannon blow your ears off? <laughs> I think I need to change my shorts. <laughs> That's why we wear khaki. Walking back to the house. Out of the wind. The seagulls are hovering 
Yeah, they're riding the waves of the airwaves. Air and currents. they're the color of the sunrise. Yeah, the sun is catching them under their wings. Uh, worth getting up for. The fishermen are out setting their traps. I can see them loading their second load up. All those traps that are down on the wharf will be off uh, by this afternoon in the water, generating income for the fishermen and supplying the world with famous Maine lobsters, Homerus americanus. Best tasting lobster in the world. When you're a lobsterman in a small island community like Monhegan, a lobstering isn't what you do, it's who you are. And for generations, the lobstermen here have been Supplying the waters and supplying the world, as I say, with wonderful Maine lobster. It's wonderful to sit here and look out over the water and Manani with the mainland in the background. The boats out there setting their traps with the hope that this will be a good lobstering season. It was worth getting up in the morning when it was still dark to watch this time-honored tradition. 1907, that's 114 years. After about 45 minutes to an hour, the initial traps have been set and the lobstermen return back to the wharf to reload uh, their fishing vessels with more traps. And this is where, if you're here for trap day, you can get involved in a beneficial way. Everybody jumps in to help load the traps onto the lobster boats. Dragging it down to the wharf, pumping the load in. It's all part of the cooperation. Everybody gets into the act here. Whether you want them to or not. watching the boat called Chris. It's loaded very heavy and sitting below the waterline, rocking and rolling around. And I'm going to take a picture right now of it. And what's uh, that's the sternman doing? He's uh, putting some poles in to hold the traps from slipping and sliding all around. He's on top of the traps. And uh, that is one full boat. Holy Moses. <laughs> Oh, wow. Amazed. Yow, look at that. There they go, going out empty, hopefully coming back full. One of the things you learn when you're living on Monhegan, or if you've been here for a while, is that when things are getting loaded or unloaded from the wharf, uh, it's all chiefs and few Indians. <laughs> Everybody's got a way of doing it that's better than somebody else's. And uh, fortunately, uh, the lobstermen uh, have got a great sense of selective hearing at times. It's 
So where are you from? Mind if I talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'm from uh, York, Maine. York, yeah. yeah. You've been up here before? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is my sixth time up. Nice. Came up in the summer, and then I come down here for my birthday. It's my birthday weekend, so my so birthday present. I come, so, here, I come here and blow up my shoulder. <laughs> Lifting trash. <laughs> Being part of the community, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Since 1907. Yeah. Is that huh? what it is? Yeah. yeah I mean, this is when we had, had yeah. a fishing season. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's good really for you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Thank you for helping yeah. out here. No community. There you go. Good morning. How are you? Where are you from? Uh, Newburyport. Newburyport. You come up to help with Trap Day? I did. I'm helping uh, my, with my buddy Tommy Moulton. Oh, you know Tommy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Here he is now. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bang Cannon. Yeah, yeah exactly. There we go. Right. Oh, great. Excellent. Good. I'm glad you're here. They all are, too. Here we go. Local character Tommy M. Oh, How are you, buddy? How are you today? Good. Yeah. Hey. Thank you for doing the cannon. As a, you, I guess you've been doing it now for a couple of years. Yeah, been a little while anyway. Been a lot of fun, huh? One of the highlights of the year for sure. There I always you go. make sure my calendar's cleared for this. Don't you love it? What? I do. What a great, great community effort. It is huh? a good community effort. I tell people back home, it's like uh, opening day at Fenway Park. It's like everybody can't wait for the season to start. Everybody gets involved and can't get tickets to Fenway because everybody wants to be there. Same thing up here in Monhegan. It's great. Dig it. Yep. All right, Tom. Hey, Thanks. Great. Thanks. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening in on another special edition of Brightcast by Ship right along with Holly Ulrich. We, uh, we enjoy sharing our adventures with you and I hope you'll stay with us and hear more. This week's edition was a very special trap day on Monhegan Island. Uh, Time-honored tradition starting in 1907. It was great to be here and also to be able to share the story of where some of Maine's famous lobsters come from. Little island communities like Monhegan. Thanks again for listening in. We appreciate you being here. Please leave us, leave us a review if you'd like. We sure appreciate your help and uh, getting the word out. And we look forward to sharing more. So thanks a lot and welcome aboard. <laughs>